Hello, my friends, Nick Labretti here for JR Cigars, and here at JR, we are passionate about everything. You want cigars? We're passionate about Romeo, Monte Cristo, Aging Room. You passionate about cigar cutters, lighters? We have everything. We are passionate about life here at JR Cigars, and only here at JR Cigars. Did we get it? I'm not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? I'm out here busting my hump. I got Mike guy in here. Get this freaking camera out of the way. At JR Cigars, we're passionate about everything. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 336 of Smoke Night Live. Thanks for joining us. It's Friday night. It's Friday Night Herf on the Dojoverse.com. Everybody's checking into their favorite cigars, sharing their drinks, doing their now playing. Jordan. Yo. How are you doing, buddy? I, my back hurts a little bit. So right before the show, right before the show, me and Jordan are talking. We're like, you know, going over like PCA plans. Which everything's like all serious and stuff. And, and Jordan's like kicking back in his rolling chair. And all of a sudden you start to see his arms waving like this. And, and. It literally, it took him like three minutes, but he he <laughs> fell. It, it took three minutes for him to fall. I'm proud he, of the three minutes because I had to, I was balancing, catching myself in midair, <laughs> but eventually it gave through. And uh, it was funny and sad. Well, I think all I, at the same time. I looked a little bit like you know, you, you looked a little bit like if you're uh, watching on. Uh, if you're watching live, you might get. That's pretty much. That's pretty much what he looked like. Oh no! You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was not prepared for pre-show. Jordan, that's a terrible picture. That's terrible. But I, you, I thought I could adjust it. You Hold did on. fall, and it was hilariously amazing. Hey, um, guys, it's a new studio. Jordan, <laughs> we spent all of last. Was it last weekend? Yeah, we yeah. started. We started Friday. We started Friday redoing the studio because what happens is. And uh, our guests will tell you this, too, when we bring them on. After a couple of years of doing this, you just start to accumulate so much. The floor was wearing out. Um, there was a lot of things we wanted to fix, a lot of things we wanted to change. You're, you know, how many years have we been doing this show? Like this episode 336. We've been doing this a long time. We wanted to redo the studio. And so we ended up painting the ceiling, which was an amazing feat of engineering. We painted the ceiling black. Um, which was really cool. We put in an entire new floor. Uh, we didn't totally get rid of the backdrop. To go to sexy cam, Jordan. Go, go to sexy cam, real quick. You can kind of see the backdrop still there. It's off to the right now, and now we have a new backdrop behind me. Which, by the way, is amazing that this thing is even here because Scott uh, Trinity uh, Cigar Lounge, our our buddy Scott Brayband. I I told him, hey Scott, open the open the, open the door, the garage door, studio door, whatever you know. And I didn't tell him, like, oh, don't, don't let that neon sign fall. And that, so it's my fault. But he opens the door. The neon sign falls directly. Boom! Super loud. And somehow or another, it didn't, it didn't break. And so we're very, very thankful for that. <laughs> um, that, was, that was crazy. So uh, today is a huge day. We released the new product. <clears throat> and here it is in my hot little hands. It's the, uh, the coolest little thing. Dojo Espinoza travel kit. Now, they, they'll say, you know, come for the travel kit, stay for the cigars, because inside this really cool soft-sided 
travel kit, I'll see if I can show this, is five Espinosa Habanos and five Sarsaparillas. Oh, there you go. See that? But they're all in a special size. This is the... Uh, this is what Hector says is the best size that Lazona makes. It's sort of their sweet spot. And it's a um, 6x48 Rabito. How did I do that? How did I do that, Jordan? Sounded cool. Did that sound cool? Uh, Rabito. Um, so these you can only get with this travel kit uh, from Neptune. And they went on sale today at noon. They've been selling like hotcakes. So you got to make sure you get... We made a lot of these. So you should be able to get some. But I would order tonight because, in fact... Father's Day is Sunday. Like, I would say order two, three for yourself because uh, this is a great pack just for the cigars alone. But the, uh, the pack itself is also very cool, the travel kit. You can um, store your accessories in there. It's got a little pack huh? for accessories and stuff up there um, in, the, uh, in the lid, which is super cool. But if you're going to order these from Neptune... Don't pay full price. Do the dojo wheel of savings, the dojo wheel of fortune. You can save up to 18%, which would bring these down to under 90 bucks if you hit the 17 or 18% mark. Um, anyways, snag a bundle today. You're going to want to carry this wherever you go because it's just, just so cool, Jordan. It's the coolest that's the coolest thing since sliced cigars. <laughs> since <laughs> since cut cigars. It's extremely cool. Hey, folks, if you're watching the show, we super appreciate it. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, GR Cigars. But please like and share the show. That's really what makes the big difference here. If you like and share this show on either Facebook or YouTube or Spotify, if you're listening on on podcast or Apple, iTunes, that kind of thing, iHeartRadio. If you're listening on those um, platforms, you know, please give us a rating. Um, a five-star, if you can, would be super helpful to us. So we'd super appreciate that if you would do that. Tonight is the first impression show. This is the seventh? Is it the seventh edition? Uh, I believe it's the seventh edition of First Impressions. We've been doing it for quite a while now, huh? Yeah, we've been doing it for quite a while. So let's bring on our esteemed guests. We have two amazing guests tonight, two of my favorite people in the entire cigar industry. Um, if I was ever going to be stuck on a desert island, these would be two of the guys that I would probably pick to be stuck with. Certainly not Jordan mm. um, and your chair antics. But um, <laughs> first of all, let's bring on uh, William Cigar Coop Cooper. Coop, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Eric. How's it going? Long time, long talk. <laughs> yeah, we were on last night on your show. Had a great yep. time. Um, talked in depth, Coop, about the PCA. I mean, in depth. In depth. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. I, last night I decided I'm just going to do it in my backyard, you know, because um, then I could just hang out, smoke cigars, not worry about the time. I could stay up as late as I wanted to, not have to worry about busting out of the studio or anything like that. It was a great show. So if you get a chance, you can watch that show uh, on Coop's um, Facebook channel or probably, I don't know, are you still doing YouTube or not? We put it, it's on YouTube also. Okay. Uh, we don't do it live to YouTube, but it's there now. Right, so go check it out. It was fun. There was, uh, ben Lee was on there. Bear was on there. Of course, Aaron was on there. Aaron Nielsen was on there. Coop, myself. Uh, it was a really fun fun show. We had a good time, so go check that out, too, if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, our other guest tonight is none other than Developing Palettes, Aaron Loomis. Aaron, welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. 
Oh, oh no! Thank you for having me on the show. There, there he is. Oh, he did. He pulled a he pulled a Ben Lee. He was muted in, initially, but uh, Aaron, we've had oh, you on Smoke Night Live before. It's been a long time. I looked back, yeah. and you yes. you were on the show before. Uh, yeah, uh, ancient history. I think is how, how you classify it. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, the idea um, is we are all going to speed date some cigars, Jordan. And um, so let's let's uh, let's go over the cigars that we'll be speed dating, and then we'll start the show. Um, well, we've already started the show essentially, but I'm going to start the, my first 25 minute segment with the Punch People's Champ, and then I will move on to the very controversial uh, Munchies Rocky Road by JSK Jordan. What will you be? Smoking in the show tonight. Uh, I'm doing the uh, munchies and then moving on to. No, you'll do that first. You'll do I'm munchies last. I'm doing a different order. Oh, okay. Yeah, munchies uh, last. I'm doing the, the Aladino Classic. The Aladino Classic, brand new cigar. Brand new. Uh, Coop, what will you be smoking tonight? Um, literally, like I said, I haven't smoked these. I have the. I did open the pack, so I didn't have to fumble in the air. But uh, this is the Camacho uh, Factory Unleashed Two that okay. came out about a month ago. And then I'll be following, we're doing both of them now, I'll follow up with the uh, La Gloria Cubana Criollo de Oro, which, again, this is a sample pack I got. I just popped it open before the show. I haven't smoked any of these yet. So these are these are true virgins I'm having tonight. All right. Uh, Aaron, uh, what will you be speed dating? I'm going to start with this Villager TA 2022, uh, made of Zona. And then I'll follow that up with minute. the... Monte Cristo Espada Signature Limited Edition. Mm, very interesting. Uh, Jordan, so throw up the uh, leaderboard real quick. Um, so here's the deal, guys. Um, now that's the order. Yeah, that that seems like the right order. Um, so the idea is decimal points on there. And there, no, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no decimal points. It's a one to one hundred scale. Uh, but uh, Aaron, if you want to also. Uh, simultaneously give your other rating, that's fine. The developing palace rating, we will accept that as well. But just for sake of show uh, purposes, we'll be doing the 1 to 100 scale. Um, so here's the deal. Each cigar gets 25 minutes. Uh, when Jordan starts the clock, we will cut and light, and then all hell will break loose from there, Jordan. Ooh. Are you boys ready? Hey, before we cut and light, uh, do you have any... Um, just visual thoughts on um, the first cigar that you are about to smoke, uh, Coop? You know, it, it's I do like this cigar uh, with the shack. I always like a cigar with the unfinished foot. So, um, you know, that's something that's appealing to me. Um, Decent-looking Connecticut wrapper. Um, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a silky complexion to it. But, um, you know, not bad-looking cigar. All right, Aaron, how's that uh, Villager looking? Uh, nice. It's got a, like, kind of a bit of an oval press to it, so it's kind of nice. Um, and it's got some pretty nice uh, uh, pre-light draw. It's got some like stewed fruit to it, so it's kind of nice. Okay. Jordan, what do you think of the uh, Aladino Classic? Aladino Classic. Classic. Uh, you know, I dig the band, uh, but the, uh, the cigar's a little more rustic looking than your average Aladino, I would say. Uh, a, lot, a lot thicker veins and... and uh, just kind of like a brown paper bag kind of a look to it. <laughs> My uh, Punch People's Champ, and I'll talk more about this as I start smoking it, but um, it's, a, it's, 
it's very petite. And then maybe that's sort of because there's so much bands, you know, the, there's a very large main band and then there's another band. And so I don't know if that makes it look small, um, but it just looks small, has a really nice barnyard sort of smell to it. Um, so I'm excited to fire it up. Uh, I say, Jordan, let's Ooh, get this party started. It's got a salty cap to it. All right. So start the clock and we can cut and light. Boom. The, the the clock has been started. 25 minutes, boys. <laughs> Feel free to uh, to get your cigars going, and we'll see how these uh, what first imp- you know a cigar only gets one chance to make a first impression. Now this the interesting part of this show is it, it is a 100 percent true, no doubt that sometimes a cigar can develop on you over weeks months smoking a few of them you end up liking it a lot more than you used to or maybe you dislike it more than you used to that's not the point of this show we we just want to find out what these cigars do for us just on this initial impression and so um we found a lot of we found some gems doing this jordan the pledge the apc pledge was the cigar of the year a couple years ago for us and we did that on a first impression show you smoked that yeah it's blown away. Absolutely. So, um, all right, I'll talk a little bit about my um, about my people's champ here that I just lit up. Uh, this is uh, there was there's an online group called the um, Punch Brotherhood, and uh, they helped sort of like make this blend or whatever. It was like a crowdsourced kind of blend, I suppose you'd say. It's 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 crafted in Honduras at Hatza. Um, it's Mexican San Andreas. Um, and the binders and fillers are from the DR, uh, Brazil, and Nicaragua, the fillers. Um, it's 5 by 50 It's only $6.49, boys. So this is a very, very, very affordable cigar. Um, I'm not really going to keep the price in mind while I'm smoking this. I'm going to just I'm gonna rate it uh, just how, however it rates, uh, regardless of price. Uh, but just so you know, uh, very, very affordable. This is one of those ones that maybe could be a, uh, a humidor filler type of a thing. Uh, Jordan, talk a little bit about your Aladino Classic. Aladino Classic, these, uh, I think there's four sizes coming out pretty soon here. If not, they might have already shipped. Um, they're, they average out in the 9 to $10 price range. It's uh, all a row of tobacco. The wrapper is Habano. Binder is Corojo, as they normally do. And they I don't think they disclose what the fillers are, but... They're all from the from the Aroa Farms. All right, uh, Aaron, talk a, a little bit about your Villiger. Yeah, so it's a Toro six by fifty two single Vitolo for TAA. Uh, comes out of La Zona, uh, Mexican San Andres uh, wrapper with uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler, kind of the standard uh, Zona kind of recipe there for the binder and filler. So um, ten bucks. So not a not a bad price TAA cigar, and um, I say with what's coming out recently it's it's pretty well in the in the lower tier of uh the pricing of cigars most are starting to be around 13 14 bucks now now aaron uh right off the bat i mean just the fact that you've mentioned villiger taa and lazona makes uh, me go like this <laughs> i mean that's sort of interesting right there right it's a, a lazona uh created product yeah, so I think this is the first cigar that Lazona has created for the TAA. Not that it's their own cigar, but for another brand. So I think that's cool. Um, 
I think Villager's kind of bounced around factories for, you know, what they've done for their TAA releases. So, yeah, definitely interesting. Um, I've been wanting uh, another Lazona cigar for some time uh, since most of the stuff's been coming out of San Latano. So definitely a cigar that was intriguing to me. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, maybe I'm just not paying attention or there's just too much going on in my head. I did not know. I did not know that that was a Lazona created cigar. Jordan, did you know that? Yes. You did. Of course. Shut up, Jordan. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, wants, to hear, nobody wants to hear from you, Jordan. Yes. I know. All right, Coop, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the cigar that you lit, just lit up. Tell folks about it. Okay. The, uh, this is the Camacho Factory Unleashed number two. Obviously, it's the second installment of the Factory Unleashed series. Um, I guess what these cigars are meant to do is they're sort of a value price cigar. Uh, I wouldn't say they're budget, but, you know, they're, they're in that $8 range. And it's the idea is that I guess they're trying to show some of the innovation off from the factory. So this year they decided to release it uh, with a Connecticut shade wrapper over a Nicaraguan binder and uh, Nicaraguan and Honduran filler. It's produced at the Camacho factory in Honduras. It comes in one size, uh, 6 by 50 Now, this is normally the part where I'd say Mazos, um, bad idea. I hate Mazos, right, because I hate the fact that covered. But I think Camacho did a smart thing with this. They actually did a um, – the Mazos are meant for the online community, and they have 100-count boxes for the retailers, which I think is a smart thing to do with that. So uh, in disclosure, this wasn't one of my – the previous iteration, this wasn't one of my favorite cigars. Uh, so I'm going to see what the sequel will do for this one as we go through it. Yeah, the, um, the first one had a very interesting wrapper as well. Um, it was, well, was they usually do Corojo, but they did Ecuadorian. They Corojo. did Ecuadorian Corojo on the first one, and I remember Which is weird. Yeah, yeah, I remember really liking that cigar, especially the first half of that cigar. I thought was was super good. Um, now, uh, full disclosure, Jordan and I have smoked several of the new one that you're smoking right now, so I, we won't say anything about about what we think about it yet, but. Um, we have smoked a lot of those. Um, I've, I actually ordered a couple of just uh, Mazos recently, and and because I wanted to kind of give it a full, you know, a full a full treatment or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see what you think, Coop. It's an affordable cigar. Um, most of the cigars we're smoking right now are, I would say, in the full affordable range. Um, so uh, if you're looking for you know cigars that don't break the bank, I think um, all four of these pretty much you know fill that bill. Uh, so it's just been five minutes, and we've all just lit them up, and we'll get to other topics as well. But I like the first thing I want to do is just get your very initial. This is first impressions, but now I want to get the first first impressions. Jordan, what is your first first impression? First first. Of, Here we go. Of the Aladino Classic. By the way, Aladino is one of our favorite brands. The JRE actually Coop is the one that turned us on way yep. back in the day uh, to the JRE E brand. Um, he loved it. And and ever since that time, Coop gave it cigar of the year one year. Right? Every since ever since yep. that, Coop, we've been smoking the JRE, just the re, the original Corojo version, like constantly. That's like one of my, it's in my rotation. So, Jordan, what's your thoughts initially on on this classic? Uh, I liked before I even cut it that the the head was it had a nice the, the wrapper has a nice saltiness to it. Um, but getting into it, it it's it's a a little off-putting of a start. Um, very vegetal, uh, a lot of like mineral qualities, and like a 
sort of like a, st- a stinging sensation on the tongue, almost like a like licking a batter, like licking mm. a nine volt battery or something. Um, I've had that before with cigars, yeah. But and sometimes that can be a positive, but in this one, it's kind of strange. Um, now that I'm getting a little further into it, it seems like a little bit of sweetness is coming in. I'll see where this develops, but so far it's, it's kind of off-putting. So your first first impression is a little bit off-putting. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, boys, my uh, punch, people's champ, um, has a very good first first impression. Um, it's got a kind of a depth of flavor. Um, you can really really taste the um, the wrapper, that San Andreas wrapper, which is always good. Kind of some sweetness, kind of some spice, some cabinet spice. Um, nothing off putting right off the bat. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with the ver- just the initial light of this. Aaron, what do you think about that uh, Villager? This cigar is extremely spicy. Mm. Uh, maybe one of the spiciest cigars I've smoked really? in a couple of years. Now, now explain yes. the spice. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? Because like, so, spice is one of those tricky terms. Like It could be like pepper yeah. spice or it could um, be cabinet spice. It's like uh, freshly ground black pepper like just like in your face right um and there's a ton of it but there's uh cedar there's a little bit of creaminess to it as well so it's not it's not like this it's just a full blast pepper but it's it's a really spicy cigar like um i i for villager i wouldn't expect that to be the profile that they'd want that their normal customers would go after but as a lazona product i can see like even for lazona it's kind of over the top but Mm. Um, I want to see how it kind of goes a little bit further, but it's um, it's not off-putting, you know, peppery, but it's just like, if you're not ready for it, it can probably, you know, throw you for a little bit of a loop. Wow. Uh, so uh, uh, what was the one, um, Jordan, what was the one Lazona uh, product from um, Cornelius and Anthony that was so oh, was it the, strong? The, the, the gent? Was it the Maybe gent? Mistress. Mistress. The mistress. Yeah. yeah. Is it in that yeah. range at all or no? Uh, the mistress was nicotine heavy. Yeah. I yeah, didn't feel yeah. like it was too spicy. This is way, way more black pepper okay. than the mistress was. All right, Coop, uh, give us your first first impression of that Camacho Unleashed 2. Well, remember this has the unfinished foot, right? So I'm oh, yeah, just yeah. starting to hit the wrapper right now. So it's kind of mundane right now. I'm getting a lot of wood notes. I'm getting some black pepper, a little earth, but nothing. I, I, the wrapper, I'm just starting to hit it right now, so I am hitting that that unfinished foot piece, so I wasn't expecting much from it um, as far as it goes. But I'd say pretty mundane to start. You know, uh, the uncovered foot is a bit of a topic that we discuss quite a bit, Coop, in, in the studio here. Like, sometimes you wonder, like, why even why waste the time you know, without the full flavor of the cigar. But you said initially when we started talking on the show tonight that you, you liked the unfinished foot. What is it you like about the unfinished foot? Well, it does give you an opportunity to see the effect of the wrapper on the cigar. Right. On. So, it, it, and I do think visually it looks nice as well. But sometimes that unfinished foot, it's not going to be as good. Um, and I've had cases where cigars are started off mundane like this. Um, with other unfinished foot, and they've, they've turned out to be okay. So I'm going to see where this is going right now. Um, what I like about this is it's not a brushed foot, which is that loose tobacco. It's not mm-hmm. loose tobacco on it. So the binder was kind of cle- uh, cleanly wrapped around this thing, and it makes it a lot easier when you're starting off because sometimes those brushed foots, um, you know, I get 
you know, you get some of the uh, pieces come off and stuff like that. All right, boys, uh, let's take a little bit of a break from talking about cigars. Let's go right into the fact that the Colorado Avalanche are in the Stanley Cup final. And Jordan and I have waited 21 years for this moment. We couldn't be more jazzed. We are, uh, if, if ever there was a hockey family, it is our family. Uh, at, at one point, out of my six kids, I had four kids playing travel hockey. I mean, we, we live and breathe hockey in this family, and we are in the Stanley Cup final with the Tampa Bay Lightning, which couldn't be a better matchup because, let's face it, there's going to be no asterisk on, on this Stanley Cup. Like, whoever wins is clearly the best team in the NHL. Coop, what are your thoughts on this year's uh, Cup final matchup? I think it's a great matchup. I, um, I did pick Colorado to win at the start of uh, the playoffs, but I thought they'd have to go through Carolina. Um, you know, the thing is, uh, I said at the beginning, Kemper was going to be the key as far as goaltending goes. I'm still not sold on him, and uh, I think Frankie played really well for you guys in the conference finals. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of understand going to Kemper in game one, uh, but, you know, I'm kind of – I want to see what he does in this series. The other thing I think I was mentioning online I pointed out is that Tampa Bay started slow in every series, even the Florida series. That's true. They started slow, and they seem, they seem to get better as the series goes on. Um, but I'll tell you what, you guys just have a – those lines are deep right now. Um, this is the strongest team I think that Tampa has played in the finals with this run. So oh, this, this I is mean, maybe the toughest team they play. We're live. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. A little bit uh, blip in the uh, in the matrix. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about hockey, and, uh, and the timer is back. Uh, the timer's back. Well. We are smoking. Uh, I'm not going to go over all that because we're going to edit these together. But um, so, Coop, you were you were giving your uh, thoughts on the on the hockey and the NHL um, the finals. Aaron, do you follow yep. hockey at all? I don't. No. All right, so I'm not even going to bother talking to you about it. <laughs> no, so Coop, yeah, you thought it might be Carolina uh, versus the Avs. Uh, you were mentioning Darcy Kemper. We all feel the same that you as you do. Like that's, I go Francis. That's the Kemper one. Kemper sucks. That's the one thing that we are all a little nervous about. Uh, Kemper. He got hurt though. He got hurt in the conference. Yeah, he got the know, stick in the eye. I don't feel comfortable yeah. with him back there. He lets in. Just shots, wrist shots from the top Frank, of the circles. Frankie, Frankie played great for you guys uh, against. Oh yeah. Field. Look, I know you guys took it out, took Edmonton out really easy, but Edmonton could score, and you know they they uh, he was very good against those Edmonton players. Yeah. So we're hoping to uh, get a uh, Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup um, win. Uh, another topic, uh, Aaron. This one I'm really curious to get your thoughts on. Right. Uh, water cooler topic. If you're a cigar guy and you're, t- you know, you're wanting to talk about cigars, Matt Booth, Room 101, is acquired by General. Give me your thoughts. Talk about that. I'm going through a roller coaster of emotions with this. <laughs> a roller thing. coaster of emotions. <laughs> I'm uh, in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> that's right. Um, first off, congratulations to Matt. Uh, I think you know he's put in a ton of work into his brand and, st- and things like that. So, you know, continuing to profit from that, good for him. You know, hats off to him for, for doing that. Um, I think my initial impression, though, is that, you know, you, we, we've lost one of those companies that we felt mm. kind of, I think, drove this industry for 
the the smaller brands you know that we kind of look look towards for innovation and and things like that so i'm a little disappointed in regards to that but i'm curious to see what he can do while he's there um now wait wait well, before you move on okay i want to dive into what you just said just a little bit um sure the innovation and stuff like that. Do you feel like he won't be able to do that? Now, keep in mind, um, he'll have a lot more tobacco at his disposal um, with General. Um, but you feel like the innovation, he'll he'll have a less impact. It, see, it depends on how his deal is set up. I mean, uh, you know, he's, te- he's teaming up now with Justin uh, over there at General. And Justin's been doing some unique things. So they may have, you know... Matt may have gone into this saying, like, I want to be able to do these types of things. And that might have been why he went in, because they gave him the green light. And I think Justin's willing to do some things that, you know, are not kind of the standard things that General was doing previously. So he may have that ability to do that as well. But, I mean, Matt was going to different factories and things like that when, you know, he was on his own. So he got to play with different tobaccos and things like that. General does have quite a catalog. um, But in my opinion, I don't think it's the best tobacco that's out there. Um, so have to see what he can do there, but he may still get to pl- maybe bounce around to some other factories and, and things like that. So, um, I'm, uh, cautiously optimistic that things will work out. I hope they do. Um, but general's track record is not the best when, when acquiring brands. So I'll kind of just hope that history doesn't repeat itself. Now, Aaron, um, would you feel differently at all if Justin wasn't, a, a bigger player like he he's a pretty big player now with the overall yeah. brand uh perspective with with general and justin seems to have a good finger on the pulse of the industry yeah does that make you does that make you feel better that that justin is yeah involved? i definitely i definitely feel like he has an advocate in the com- in the company already that can help him to be able to do what he wants to do i think if justin wasn't there i'd feel even less optimistic about mm-hmm. Matt's chances of, of kind of maintaining what he had done previously. Right. Uh, Coop, what are your thoughts on uh, Room 101 being acquired by STG? I'm not necessarily as negative on it um, because of, of the acquisition. But my question is, why did, why did uh, STG make this move is really the question I have. Like, I'm not sure what they – what are they gaining by this, right? Um other than they're getting Matt Boost, and we can talk about that in a second, but I'm not sure there was any of the brands that Matt had. I, I just don't think, like, wow, they acquired these superstar lines that now they can continue to make. Um, so I think, you know, obviously they're looking to get Matt. I think Matt was the key uh, acquisition piece of this, is, you know, mm. they want to use him in, in different ways. Now, the first question I have is, um, are they going to just continue to have Matt make blends with AJ Fernandez? I don't think that makes a lot of sense. You have Diesel doing that already. So are they going to ha- give Matt the opportunity to work within General's factories or other factories? I just don't think they should just keep pumping out AJ Fernandez brands, uh, blends across all the brands. I just don't think – I think Diesel's the brand you do that with, and you, you stick with that as far as that goes. Um, you know, I think Matt can do the corporate thing. He, he did it for a while with Davidoff. So I, I, I think he can certainly – do that piece, um, but but um, like I said, I'm I'm just kind of curious to see what's going to happen, like wh- what type of I've heard some rumors he's going to be having his hands in some other brands, so we'll see what happens with that. I think that's the key, that. Coop. I think that's the key you just said right there. In my opinion, if if they have designs on Matt, 
uh, being more of a face of all these brands or, you know, a bigger part in, in a lot of things that they do, I think it could right. be a positive for both parties. If this is essentially like a Sam Lucia situation, That's what I was gonna say. Um, then I see it just lasting a year and then, you know, Matt's out. Jordan, what are your thoughts on this? Sam Lucia, the parallels are just too, too much, you know, comes, comes from a big company, does his own thing, goes to general, and then hopefully doesn't just last a year and fizzles out. Uh, it just seems like, you know, from my perspective, that he was with Davidoff, thought that he wanted more creative control, did his own thing, realized that he wanted just a little more free time, and now just went back to that same model. Now, first of all, let's congratulate Matt. Like, he's done a really good job. Yeah. It, was, it was really smart of him. Like, he's part of Davidoff, so he, he can't really, like, sell his brand. He's just part of the brand. And so he pulled out and, and like, built his brand up somewhat over the last couple of years. Um, I think this happened a bit soon, <laughs> in my opinion, a little bit soon. But... It, it it did allow him Aaron to you know leverage what he had done and then and sell it to general so to that regard like congrats to Matt right absolutely yeah but would this have been any value to him if Matt didn't come along with the general rather no would, would there wouldn't have been any value is my point and what happens like if Matt decides he wants I don't know how long contractor he's having what happens if he leaves what happens to room 101 at that point Oh yeah, no, you're yeah. you're a hundred percent right about that. For, like, for, I I actually questioned this early on if it was a sale, but I was told it was right. I thought it might be what what Sam did, which was more of like a licensing thing he had with General. But I've been told it was a sale, and it was analogous to how Davidoff sold their cigarettes uh, division off to the British uh, British American, and British American kept the Davidoff name on it on the cigarettes, even though Davidoff owned the rest of the rest of their uh, you know, cigars or whatever. So I think this is a little similar right. in that um, Matt's still keeping his other piece, and he owns Room One for that. But but the cigar piece is now in the hands of STG, uh, as far as I I am aware now. Now, Aaron, uh, on a similar adjacent topic, uh, we get news that Dion of Illusioni is uh, working with General also on Excalibur, and uh, I. I said this to you, and you had an interesting comeback. I don't know if you remember what you said. <laughs> yeah, I said General ruined the cigar industry in the span of seven days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now, why did you say that? Um, I hold Dion in a very high regard. Uh, I think his cigars are fantastic. Uh, I think he's kind of a wizard when it comes to tobacco and blends and things like that. Um, I do understand the allure to blenders to want to produce something for marquee brands. So like kind of Cuban brand names, like if you were doing something for Monte Cristo with Altidus or somebody else. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, just, I just don't see it um, as uh, something that I think is gonna be a positive for Dion. Um, I just don't know what this blend's gonna look like. Um, it, you know, I, I'm going to smoke it for sure because I want to, I'm curious. Um, but uh, I just, I don't see the synergy here. It just doesn't, doesn't fit for me. Yeah, I mean, well, Pete did it a, a couple of years ago with Altidus, mm -hmm. and it, I don't think it was very 
a very good cigar, but no, you know, it is weird that Dion would never do this type of thing, and then in the last year he's done two sort of collaborations, right? Yeah. Like we have the the yeah. Piv with uh, Jeremy Piven, and uh, and now this, it something seems like something changed. Mm. And not only that, but they've picked up all this distribution. Uh, Coop, right. what are your thoughts on on Dion's uh, move? That uh, it is, it does seem atypical. Yeah, I wonder if they tried to buy Dion and then went to Matt Booth, actually. Uh, and that's a serious answer on that. But um, I guess they still wanted to work with Dion. You know, the timing of these announcements were also interesting. They're doing this, like, right up against PCA. They announced the Dion and the Matt Booth thing. Kind of keeps them, uh, quote-unquote, relevant there. But, um, you know, we've seen Dion do this once before with Nosotros, don't forget. Uh, and there was a lot more excitement, it seemed like, when he did this with Nosotros than with, with this right now. Um, it's not clear if it's a one-and-done or not. It, it's not going to be a, a, an inexpensive cigar. This is going to be a more pricey cigar as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of expectations that this cigar is going to have to deliver on Coop, this. Coop, um, do, you, do you see Justin's fingerprints on these two moves? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. For, I know Justin pretty well. I definitely see his fingerprints. You know, this, this is kind of what he's been wanting to do. Um, you know, he's Mr. Collaboration. Um, he was collaborating with AJ. Espinosa. You know, uh, Espinosa, yeah. And, and from what I've been told, Justin is a guy who's a, who is a little more hands-on than probably a lot of other people do collaborations. Like, so he, he definitely is a little more hands-on with this. I wouldn't put him in the category of an AJ or Dion by any means with that. But I do think this is something that, that this is up Justin's alley. And the other thing I'll say about Justin is, and we pick on Justin a lot, he, I think, is they're, they're moving him into more of that Rafael Nodelmo role that's in Altidus. I think Justin's kind of becoming that role at, mm. at the STG right now. All right, boys. Uh, good answers. And that is the 25 minutes. Um, I think I'll go first. Um, I will rate my punch, the people's champ, first. I got to say, I got um, not, not even halfway into the cigar. It's only 5 by 50 uh, so I would assume that this is a, probably a hour-long smoke, 55 minutes uh, sort of a thing. It's a very small cigar, but uh, it's burning nicely. Didn't uh, I, only, I did touch it up. I did touch it up one time. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with this cigar. Uh, it's got some chocolatey uh, sort of sweetness to it. There's a little bit of salt, which I like. I'm a sucker for uh, the salty flavor. I think that the this is sort of like your your standard San Andreas wrapped cigar like um it's it's pretty much falls into that category like if you if you're familiar with San Andreas wrapped cigars with the chocolatey spice this is really what you're gonna get but it was pretty good and Jordan I'm gonna rate this one on a scale of one to 100 as a solid 87 it's not bad um especially I, I I'm not factoring the price but i'm going to say you know it's a super inexpensive cigar so i'm going to mention it that it's inexpensive but it's good like i would smoke this the rest of the night and have no issue whatsoever uh would i buy this cigar if i was using coop scale of uh should i buy it or not you know i'd probably try a five pack of this cigar it's definitely not wow. bad um i i could see myself uh you know grabbing this out um in the backyard doing some yard work and being really happy with it. Jordan, 
That's surprising. Take your Aladino classic Yo, and give Aladino. it a rating. Uh, weird start. Vegetal uh, battery. <laughs> Jor- Jordan is probably the only guy in the industry that is in the same sort of spectrum as Aaron. So, like, uh, well, this... <laughs> it, it, Maybe this, not quite as, in, as uh, yeah. intense. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's interesting that this has a Habano wrapper... And, you know, they have the, the Aladino Vintage that has the Habana wrapper. It just has a little more age, and I think it's cheaper anyways. Um, I don't quite understand what the, what the where this thing fits in right now. Um, it's medium body. Um, it did pick up a little bit of sweetness, uh, underlying sweetness, as I got going through. Got almost back to the halfway point here. Um, but that just carried along this, this sort of harsh, uh, like burning brush kind of... Uh, uh, sensation that's not very pleasant on the palate, mm. um, kind of like a like a diesel garage or something. Oh wow, um, that's not good. What, I mean, not like not too. I'm, I'm making it sound terrible. Like there there is there's some cabinet spices and some toasted bread kind of stuff going on. There's a hint of the aroa stuff that I love. It just not. But the with the first impression, I'm not digging. Um, I'll go I'll go eighty five. Eighty five. So you're not going to replace the Aladino original Corojo with this? Not even close. Not even close. I think it's a very this different blend, though. Probably the That's least, a very different my least favorite Aladino I've ever smoked. Even more than the Connecticut? Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Um, very interesting. So there you go. Uh, Jordan's, he's picky, but he's fair. Um, all right, Aaron, let's go to you on this uh, Villiger. Uh how do you rate this thing? What are your thoughts? Give us, uh, give us what you think. I'm just about getting to the end of the first third, so um, yeah, it's about two inches in or so. Uh, the pepper is definitely mellowed from the start. Uh, I don't know how it could have maintained that level the whole way. That would have been a butt kicker of a cigar. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it mellowed out quite a bit. Um, some cocoa came in, kind of teamed up with the creaminess. Got a nice little creamy cocoa going on. That black pepper uh, kind of at the same level. Uh, the cedar's moved over to kind of an oak note, um, and then now the oak has kind of moved to the to the front end of this thing, and the cocoa has kind of waned uh, a bit. So um, it's definitely transitioned a fair amount in a short amount of time. Uh, but I'm a, if I smoke the whole thing, I would assume that this this oak would be the driver the rest of the way, and you're going to get you know very nuanced notes uh, for those other components. So um, it's a good start. Uh, based on what I've smoked, I would say uh, I would score this as an 88. 88? That's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty wow. solid. If you if you had to score it on the developing palette scale, how, how does that translate? Uh, I'd probably put this in the low sixes at the moment, so like 6.2, 6.3, somewhere around there. Okay. That's that seems pretty good. I mean, yeah. that's a guard of your candidate view. It doesn't seem like you really. <laughs> doesn't seem like you disliked it. No, I mean, uh, like I said, the the pepper was strong at the beginning. It, not off putting at all. It's just not not what I was expecting. So it was, that was kind of cool. And that the but the creamy cocoa night note is really nice. Um, it's just not as upfront as it was kind of in the middle of the third. And I right. wish that would kind of stay there. So mm. I I'm kind of leaning towards it would kind of go down the scale a little bit as it went along, but we'll have to see when I actually do a, the full cigar. Right. All right, Coop, uh, what do you think about the Camacho Factory Unleashed 2? 
first of all, great construction. The burn and draw are fantastic on this. Um, so no complaints as far as that goes. It's ramping up in strength and, and body, this cigar. I mean, it's starting to approach medium to full as I'm getting into the second third or close to the second third. But flavor-wise, it's not doing a lot to excite me. Mm. Uh, I'm getting a little more creaminess now. I'm getting some wood notes. There's a slight bitter note that's, that normally I don't mind bitter, but it seems that the bitter note is, is not helping things along here right now. Um, so it's not, it's not like making me do handstands, this cigar, right now. But, you know, again, I, I do like how it has progressed a little more with some of the creaminess. I don't know how it's going to continue, but this cigar is, is in the Camacho vibe for sure. It's bold. It's a bolder Connecticut. But it's not better than the original Camacho Connecticut. It's not better than the, um, I know they did the distilled edition Connecticut. It's not better than those cigars at all. Now, the, those cigars are packaged, obviously, in a, a much nicer box. They Both the Camacho right. Connecticut and the distilled edition and the BXP. Uh, and those are some of my favorite Connecticut's. Um, yeah. But this is dramatically less expensive, too, at the same time, Coop. It is, but I'd rather spend a couple of dollars more and get one of those other ones. All right. I'd spend 2 or $3 more to get those other ones. That would be my opinion on this. So what would you rate the Camacho Factory Unleashed to? 86. 86. Yeah. 86. 86 is a solid rating. So what are we looking at? It's not a dog ride. It's, just, it's, not, it's not having me do handstands. It's not wow factor with this cigar. All right, so what we got so far is uh, Coop coming in with the Factory Unleashed 2 with an 86. Uh, Aaron with the surprise TAA highest, highest of the, 2022 wow. by Lazona at 88. Uh, I did the uh, Punch People's Champ, uh, gave it a solid 87. And then uh, Jordan was not super jazzed with the Aladino Classic, although didn't hate it, and therefore kind of put it right in the middle with a premium cigar rating with an 85. Um, so uh, we're going to head on to the second section. But first, I'm going to do a commercial. And Jordan, before I do the commercial, can you get me the bourbon? Which, this one? Sure. I'll take that. Early times. Yes, I will take that. Folks, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end selections. Enjoy the best prices on your favorite brands like Romeo, A Julieta, Monte Cristo, Crown Heads, Davidoff, and many more. Make sure to try one of their exclusive lines, such as the Drew Estate Nightshade and the limited edition Alec and Bradley Wagyu. Celebrate over 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today at JR Cigars. Thank you to JR Cigars for sponsoring this. The new studio, Jordan. Oh, look at it. We are in the new studio. Drink I'm it in. so excited finally to get it done. I can't believe it. <laughs> and you know what, guys? If you can uh, like and rate our shows on all the various channels, share them. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. I don't know how long that'll last, but who knows? Do it. it doesn't really matter. We don't care because we're going to be here for the long haul, baby. I don't care about YouTube, Jordan. If YouTube wants to kick off cigar, we'll just keep going. We've got other. We've got. We've got backup plans and backup plans and backup plans. But really, subscribe on YouTube. But yes, yeah, sure, please, for the love of God. All right, folks. We are about to enter our second segment of the show. This is episode three hundred thirty-six. 
It's the first impression show. We have two of our favorite people in the cigar industry. Coop, two, guys two. are not happy that you went so low on that cigar. I'm the getting booed. I'm getting booed on this. Wow. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> now, guys, come on you now. Guys, if, you, you guys have... <laughs> if you're watching the show, there are not two better palates in the industry than Coop and Aaron Loomis. So you got to take a little bit what they're saying. Now, I have smoked that cigar, and I, I'm, I don't know if I'd go as low as Coop, but it is... Definitely not as good as the the factory unleashed number one. I, I I would I'm agree with so that. Far. Coop, what did you get? Eighty five? No, he got he went eighty six. I might go eighty seven. Yeah. It's uh, I'm not that. Well, that's with it. that's like literally like I mean you know that's like well, I know I'm saying I'm I'm agreeing with Coop. I I would go eighty seven eighty eight. It's it's a, it's 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 a pretty decent cigar. I, I don't know eighty seven's probably. I just think, I think there's other eight dollar cigars I would reach for. It's not a dog rocket like I'm saying. It's, right. I think this ain't, we're not doing scoreflation here, guys. Scoreflation. We're not doing scoreflation here. You know, like, uh, like, we didn't kill this cigar. Coop, yeah. now, <laughs> why, come on now, Coop. If you're going to give that rating on first impressions here, you got to give that rating on your website as well. Well, like I said, it's got to go through the full. I, I do score the whole cigar right to the end. Sure, so yeah. That's, that's a like good I, point. Like I, yeah, so um, we'll see. I mean, I just it did not make a, a spectacular first impression. It wasn't a terrible cigar. It didn't make the idea is first impressions. I mean, it just wasn't as high on me with it. All right, all right. So let's start our second uh, cigar, Coop. Talk a little bit about the second cigar that you will be smoking tonight. You know, I've always been a fan of Lagoria Cubana for the most part. Um, it's one of the brands I kind of uh, smoked for years. This is the uh, this is the Lagoria Cubana. Criollo de Oro, um, which is a hybrid wrapper of Criollo 98 and Pelo de Oro. Interesting. Uh, That's cool. Over, over, over Connecticut broadleaf binder and fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. And it's made at the um, General Cigar Factory, El Credito Factory, which is a fact. You've seen that, Eric, the factory in the factory. Yeah. Like, Lagoria right. Fanta has their own factory within the factory, separate roles and everything. I'm smoking the Toro 5 and 3 quarter by 54 tonight. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how this cigar is going to do. It's been one I've been I just put off smoking, and I do. So these these are about six or seven months old. These cigars they've been sitting in my humidor for a while. All right. Uh, before um, don't light that up quite yet, Coop. Uh, Aaron, uh, talk a little bit about the second choice you have. So I'm going with the Monte Cristo Espada Signature Limited Edition Valiente, six by fifty five. Um, I like that size. Placencia factory. Yeah, this is like the kind of around the the limits of where I like that large ring gauge. Mm-hmm. Like getting mm-hmm. above that, it's kind of a little bit too much. But this is an okay size. Uh, made at the Placencia factory. Uh, Nicaraguan Col- Colorado Claro wrapper. Uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler. Uh, price point's fifteen dollars. Um, it looks expensive. So yeah, it's a uh, it's yeah it's a nice looking cigar. I mean the wrapper looks really nice. Uh, I dig the bands. Um, you know, a spot has always had. How many bands uh, are on that? Three, four, five, what? Three, three bands, but Woo! it's not the um, it's not the, like the big postage stamp. Okay. Uh, foot band that they used to have. They had like the nice cutouts at the top and the bottom. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just got that little this little smaller espada at the at the bottom. So, okay. Uh, not as much real estate taken up, so you can see some of the wrapper. It's nice. All right, and Jordan and I are going to be doing the JSK Munchies Rocky Roads. Uh, I will open this uh, right now. Stop. Stuff your nose in it as soon as you open it up, please. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, hold on. Let's see if I can open this. Uh, Jordan's Jordan. gonna fall out of his chair again. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I pr- I promise. So I've, 
obviously, that hurt. obviously, uh, uh, Risty knows how I feel about this. We had a very intense conversation on the show, which is great. Risty doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's a cool dude. He understands that some people are going to like it, some people aren't. But I'm going to give it we, a 100. I'm going to give it a, a full. I'm going to. I want. I want to like it. All right, I'm open this up. Here we go. Okay. It smells. <laughs> it smells a little bit like a diaper. Oh no! A little bit like a diaper. Okay, pre, pre or post? Post. A little, little bit like Whoa. a. A little bit like a Whoa. post. Post diaper. I'm just trying to be honest. It well, I have a lot of diaper experience. Let me see. This is a $50 pack. It's uh, <laughs> five by fifty Mexican San Andreas wrapper. It's long filler. It's it's. Uh, I don't know, but you know what it is? Is diapers have this like a uh, dairy kind of smell to them sometimes, like. I think you're getting like the uh, dried powdered milk kind of a flavor, which yeah. could also be in ice cream. There's, it's not. I, I likened it to. Uh, I likened it to freeze freeze dried ice cream or astronaut ice cream. Like okay. uh, ice cream of the future, Dippin' Dots. Yeah. There's not nearly yeah. as much of that on the cigar itself. Ooh, it's dark. Now they have a proprietary way of infusing these cigars. I assume it's sort of the same thing that they do with the um, with the uh, nugs. And whatnot. Uh, proprietary just means we're not going to tell you what we did. You don't smell much of it on the wrapper. No, that's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, you didn't. Sorry. Yeah, you don't. You don't smell nearly as much of that on More the wrapper. Just barnyard on the wrapper. All right, boys. Uh, we're going to start the timer, and you can fire up your cigars, and we will go from there. Here we go. Diaper. So this uh, cigar has <laughs> natural sugars. Um, Jordan, it's sixty-five uh, percent Mexico, twenty-three percent Jalapa. 11% Esteli, 1% Somoto? Somoto. I don't, I don't know what that is. Does anybody know what that is? Yeah, that's a, uh, so Somoto is actually a area of Nicaragua. Okay. Uh, it's in the northern region of it. And it's, um, you know, there's a few, I know Ernesto's worked with it a few times. And um, Ologio, if you remember that brand, uh, that's still around. They, they've used it as well. But it's a very small farm area. What I can say right off the bat is this cigar appears to be very well yeah. constructed. Like, it feels great I in thought my it head. would be like a little skinny c- cigar that was flimsy. This is like, yeah, yeah this, this looks like a real cigar. It's a nice, what, what solid cigar. What is Rocky Road, uh, flavor-wise? Like, is it just like chocolate ice cream with marshmallows in it? I don't... I it's don't, peanuts. It's, peanuts it's as peanuts, well. peanuts, chocolate, marshmallows. Peanuts, yeah, chocolate, marshmallows. And a little chocolate. Yeah, like I said that. And chocolate. <laughs> Cho- it's chocolate and it's chocolate, good. Jordan. It's chocolate and chocolate. It smells similar. Who's who is still toasting? Is that Me. Aaron? I'm sorry. That oh my god! You gotta give it a little bit of time. You know what, Aaron? I gotta tell you, you're the you and Jordan are like soulmates because he will toast a cigar. You should. He will toast a cigar until he uses up three cans of propane just toasting a cigar. Yeah, that, literally. That's that's how you toast. No, that's not how you toast. <laughs> if you're um, drawn before it's fully toasted, then you're gonna have an uneven burn. Yeah. All right, uh, so uh, let's go to Coop first because he lit his uh, first. Coop, what are your very first first impressions of the La Gloria Cubana? Um, you know, again, a little mundane. Uh, nothing that's really exciting me. I'm definitely getting some earthy notes. I'm definitely getting some cedar notes on this. Um, it's it's probably starting out as a good medium right now. I think this has got to open up a little more flavor-wise, so we'll see. But uh, so far, nothing that, like, 
excited me on the first few puffs. All right. Uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts on that uh, Monte Cristo? First, first. Um, yeah, like age theater. Uh, very, very mild uh, black pepper to it. Um, that's about it just from the first couple of draws here. Um, yeah, it's just a basic start so far. All right. Yeah. Uh, first start for me um, on the Munchies Rocky Road. Um, it's the flavors are much more mild than a a normal flavored cigar. I can just tell you that right now. Um, it doesn't have that uh, bizarre. Ca- so just uh, just to uh, set the record straight, uh, for me, I'm not a big flavored cigar guy. So I'll just uh, say that up front. But I do really like the tobacco special from Drew Estate. Like when you're on safari, sometimes there's nothing better in the morning than to grab a tobacco special. I didn't mind the um, Acid 20th. Uh, to me, that tastes like Coca-Cola. I thought their our art series was pretty good. Um, I'm just trying to think of flavored cigars that I liked in the past. Um, so, so that's where I stand. So if... Just so you know, sort of my uh, where I come from, uh, this one just right off the bat doesn't have a super strong flavored note, which is good. I think it's just it's sort of subtle. Jordan, what do you, what's your thoughts right off the bat? Uh, this thing has an almost undrawable resistance. Mm. It's one of the firmest draws I've had in a long time. I, I, I don't I don't get that from mine. Almost unsmokable. Uh, you want to try a different one? I might have. To. Well, I mean, is that fair? Yeah, that's of course the, that's fair. Game? You got uh, try just maybe that one just has a tight draw. Let's right. let's go with another one. We'll uh, skip back to me later then. Yeah, let's get back to Jordan later. All right. Um so we'll uh we'll catch back up on on Jordan here in a second. Uh back to the water cooler. Hey guys, the other day Aaron, you're gonna, you're probably gonna fall out of your chair. <laughs> but the other day, I watched Top Gun for the first time in my life. The original Dance Top Wow Top Gun. For the, I've ne- I'd never seen it. I told my wife she was like, "Have you ever seen this?" I, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I saw that." And then I watched it. I was like, "I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> I've never seen this movie." I, and I was shocked. And and look, I love '80s movies, but that was horrible. Well, it's supposed it was, to be horrible. It was a no. It wasn't supposed to be horrible. Well, nowadays you're supposed to understand that it's horrible. I, yeah, but it was. Yeah. It just wasn't good. It's like Roadhouse. You it, just uh, I'm agreement. You have I'm to love buddy. it for how bad it is. It's Roadhouse. Oh, it's it's top terrible gun. movie. They're terrible. It, it was so incredibly bad. Like, how did that movie <laughs> ever become so famous? Like, here's the thing, Matt uh, Coop, Maverick. He goes on one mission. One mission. Right. And then he becomes a teacher. That, that was it, the entire show. He, be, he goes on one mission. He makes friends with Iceman. Boom, done. He goes and becomes a teacher. Uh, you you got you, you to gotta spend a little bit more time in the field, <laughs> I think, than to just go on was, one mission, Coop. It was, you know, and here's the thing. I saw it in 1986, so I saw it 36 years ago, and I haven't seen it again because I didn't want to see <laughs> oh, it. Oh no! So you are bringing I memories rapper. back. This is this movie was one of the most overrated movies. I, I I remember I saw this movie. I was dating another girl before I you know was starting to date my wife at that time, and it was just yeah. I'm, I'm gonna use the word that that no one that Bill doesn't want to hear. Mundane. <laughs> <laughs> they, I didn't get it. Man. They, How about you, Eric? They really overused. Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone song. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, and the same what stock footage of the Jets either. like a thousand times. Yeah, no, Kenny Loggins is terrible. Anyways, like he's just horrible. He's so like, over. He, he's one of the worst. Worst, worst concert I ever went to. It's got to be Kenny Loggins. So, <laughs> you, you guys are looking back to when it actually came out. It probably you'd be right at the time, but now we all understand it's terrible, and we love it for how terrible it is. Okay. It's a whole different That's, it's a whole different thing now. All right. All right. Okay. I, I will go I will go down that road. And for that it was fun. Because I could sit there with April and my daughter, Ava, and we just laughed. Or maybe it was Chloe. I don't remember who was watching. But we just laughed the entire time and I just like riffed on it. Aaron, did you ever see Top Gun, the original? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've seen it multiple times. What did you think? <laughs> Every night. Before I go to bed. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not a great <laughs> great piece of cinema, but uh, it's a it's a fun thing to watch i mean now now Aaron, like do you, do you like it do you like it for what jordan said the silliness of it or do you actually like it for like its value it's a nice piece of cinema <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think at that time it was a lot of the movies from that time now are like that like if you like you'll ever always run into somebody that never saw a movie that you really liked back in the day like if you saw something that had never seen caddyshack and they go back and watch it now for the first mm-hmm. time they're like why do you like this? And right. like, this was extremely funny. You know, it still is funny because you have that memory from that time, right? But so now Caddyshack I think, isn't funny, and Top Gun is funny. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that, exactly. that's only bears mine. <laughs> don't 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 you guys think? Here's an interesting topic, uh, and I wasn't planning on talking about this, but now that Aaron brought that up, I think it's a good point. There's comedy is one of those things that is doesn't translate like comedy movies it's very hard for them to translate over time like if you watch like the jerk like the jerk or or remember steve martin's album when he had the the arrow through his head right remember that album that album was the top it was the top selling album everybody loved it it was hilarious if you listen to it now it's just not funny. Like comedy seems to be the hardest thing in the world, well, especially stand up. Like to like translate over time. Why? Well, why is that? I don't. I mean, because like Dick Van Dyke is. I, I like hmm. uh, Dick Van Dyke is hilarious. Honeymooners is hilarious. All these old shows are hilarious. I just think that there's a certain period of like seventies yeah. and eighties that were like Blazing Saddles. I don't I, like. It's not funny anymore because we we've done more extreme things than hmm. they they were trying to like freak you out by how extreme they were being and now that's not extreme at all oh that's a good point like maybe maybe that's the answer right there it's like funny like to 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 hit your funny bone it's like pushing some sort of boundary but then once you've pushed that boundary if you're a type of comedy that's trying to push a boundary like dick van dyke wasn't and so it's still funny what do you yeah. Coop not Coop, you're an old school guy. You like the Flintstones. You have a yep. spreadsheet of all the best Flintstones episodes ever created. Absolutely do. Absolutely do. Yeah. And I love the Flintstones too, which was basically a ripoff of the Honeymooners. But every show is a ripoff of the Honeymooners, Coop. Isn't every show essentially a ripoff of the Honeymooners? Oh, definitely. I mean definitely. That was the OG, the uh, the Honeymooners. And uh you know the Flintstones they took that concept, they they took it in some different directions eventually. But yeah, there was a lot of those shows that, that were definitely you know even you can go. Uh, what was the show? Um, the uh, Kevin James show. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. King of Queens. Yeah, King of Queens. King of Queens. That was kind of that was kind of a honeymooners type of show, right? Uh, with the dynamic with him and his wife, it was very much a honeymooners dynamic show. A little more modern, so I, you know you can even go that further with. I think every sitcom 
every sitcom plot comes essentially from the honeymooners. Aaron, what what's the funniest in your opinion? What's the funniest movie that you've ever seen? Funniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, what's the best cigar you ever smoked? Yeah, yeah. it's tough because uh, like I just watched Anchorman again like last uh, week. Oh yeah. And uh, I wasn't like cracking up. Mm. I was like, this like it's it's been too much into like the common like vernacular now that it's just like not that way anymore. It's more fun to just um, say the lines in yeah in public. But um, <laughs> I would say something that's more. It's still old now, but more recent is uh, the Hangover. Um, I, that that was a pushing boundaries again, like more recent, uh, you know, version of that. Which like even now, you I don't think you can. You could make that couldn't make that movie now. Like it just it 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 wouldn't be allowed. You know, you know Aaron, too, we were we were talking things. about this exact topic recently here in the studio. There hasn't been a genuinely classic, classic comedy. comedy for what ten I years. I think we tracked about down to like 2009 to 2011 would be the latest possible mm-hmm. time you could find a classic comedy. It's it's like. The, just the, I, it's like this, you know, society just won't allow that kind of stuff anymore, which is a shame. Anchorman was hilarious. I loved, you know, Hangover was funny. Um, obviously, I'm a huge, like, Tommy Boy. I could watch Tommy Boy every night for the rest of my life. And that I'd be era, happy. you have Tommy Boy, Dumb and Dumber, Billy Madison, Happy yeah. Gilmore. Yep. That's the era. Yeah. That's, that was one of the last. Well, and then, you know, and then after that, there was Anchorman, like you guys have mentioned. But do you think. Those mid 90s. Do you guys think that there'll be a time when somehow we break out of this and yeah. become funny again? Can we do that? Is it possible? Will, will that ever happen? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Yeah. I, I don't have high hopes, but. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, it, you know, you, you, get, you get more categories of people that you can't offend as time goes on. Right. The, you know. You get such unique niches, niches that you like. You're left with almost nothing, which like, is you have a to shame. Joke about the weather, which is a shame, Aaron. Because me personally, you know, like I'm a I'm Italian. Like my my mom was 100 percent Italian. Came over, you know. I I think it's funny, you know, the the whole you know making fun of Italian. I, I laugh at that. It's a shame. Right. I think I feel like yeah. it's a shame that we can't laugh at ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know why that is. Like. It should be that should be something that we all enjoy together. I mean, yeah, without being mean or whatever, but at the same time, like comedy yeah. has to in, uh, offend somebody. Like, right. Inherently, that's, that's what inherently it has to do. that is comedy. Right. That's, mm-hmm. yep. that's comedy. Yep. All right, boys. Real quick, we are we're coming on ten minutes uh, in these cigars. Um, don't say anything about them yet, but um, uh, cigar news. Uh, the t- Tobacco Plus Expo changed their name to Total Product Expo. Coop, what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think it's a good move for them. Obviously, they, what they're showing is that they're they're really trying to specialize in the convenience space. Right. And certainly this is an area to do that. And I think it kind of shows a little that maybe the idea of going and becoming the the premier premium cigar uh trade show is not exactly working out the way they thought it would. Um, and namely, I don't think the money's there compared to some of these other companies that they can now bring in. I don't think they're going to ever exclude premium cigars uh, from it, but I, I don't think they. Ex- I don't think premium cigars is what they were hoping to do with this type of show. I don't think they accomplished what they wanted to do with it. You don't think TPE did? No. I don't, I mean, I don't think TPE, I mean, I've only been the one TPE, right? And I think it's a good show, but 
I just still think PCA is the premium cigar show. And I look at that as that that's what they're that's what they're gonna do is their core competency as a trade show. TP's changing all they you know, it's a it's a brilliant move bringing in like candy companies and and you know soft drinks or whatever, because that kind of fits in with the whole convenience store thing. So I, I think it's a good move for them certainly um, to do that. I think why not? What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I agree with the whole convenience store thing. Like, you you can bring more eyes and people into there uh, if you have more products that speak to the type of stores that would be attending. Um, on a selfish level, uh, you know, development palettes can now kind of feel out our, our, you know, our full depth of being able to... Uh, you can hang out at the high sea booth. ...see these other products. <laughs> yeah, we can get the high sea booth. We can do snacks. We can do candy, all this other stuff now. So. Oh, you want the uh, high yeah, sea. I know you want that high sea. I'm, Oh yeah, so I yeah I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay. You know, with if, they, yeah. if they want to expand the floor and they have uh, a ton of stuff that they can add on to it and uh, brings more eyes to the cigar side as well, why not? Uh, adjacent question: Does it really matter to you guys where the trade show is? I mean, the PCA is always at the the very expensive you know Sands Convention Hall. The TPE is always at the cheaper Las Vegas Convention Center. Do you care about that? Does that make any? Does that move the needle for you at all, uh, Coop? You know, it's funny. Uh, there were so many people that com- I talked to Scott Pierce. There were so many people that complained when PCA moved into the uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center for those two years, right? They were all upset. But a lot of these same people are, are people waving the flag how great TPE is, and they don't complain about it with that. To me, it doesn't move the needle once I'm inside that show floor. It, it really doesn't. Um, now, you want to talk about cities? I'd much rather see this thing in Florida go back. I mean, Orlando, in my opinion, was still the, one of the better trade shows we had uh, in 2012. Right. Uh, Aaron, what are your expects, ex- hey. Hey, expectations for PCA? I know you'll be there. Uh, what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I think it'll go well. I mean, you got a lot of, they're saying that the attendance is supposed to be up. So more retailers is always good. Um, there's a uh, new brand, I think more new brands this year than we've seen probably in the last four or five years. Um, so that's cool. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody kind of had a, you know, a short dry run of what getting back to the trade show last year, uh, coming out of the pandemic and after the year off. Um, so I think people will, uh, get a chance to decide what their kind of strategy going forward is. Do they want to expand a little bit more, kind of get back to the way it was? Do they want to stay tight uh, with how the economy seems to be going and maybe a, a dip in cigar sales? So um, I think people will have a better uh, plan going into this year. So I, I think it will uh, go off well. Jordan, I haven't asked you this question, and we talk about everything, obviously, here at the studio. What do you think? What do you, how, what's your expectation of PCA this year? Uh, I mean, I don't have super high expectations, but it's nice to see that there's a few more uh, companies coming in. Um, kind of just planning on playing it by ear, and I don't have I, – I kind of expect basically what we saw last year with, you know, a little bit a little bit more brands, you know, 10% more brands. Um, do, you think it'll be, do you think it'll be a success or a failure? Oof. Uh, probably a failure. Mm, wow. Jordan, he's he's harsh, Coop. What do you think? No, I, I think that's a little harsh. Um, look, here's what I'm going to say to start. I'll, I'll just preface this. The trade show is not the same without some of the iconic brands. 
is not that. You don't have brands like uh, Camacho. You're not going to have Cohiba, Davidoff, uh, Monte Cristo, Liga Pravada. It's miss. Trade shows missing without some of those big, iconic brands there. That being said, I think the PCA has done a good job at, at pivoting the best they can with this. Um, and I think they're, you know, I think they're trying to make it a little more experience-driven. They're not at the experience driven. We talked a little about that last night. I won't rehash that about the experience uh, piece, but I think that's what they ultimately have to do. But um, I think I think they're going to have. I think there's a lot of positive energy going into this trade show. I think people are excited to go to this trade show. Um, so, um, like I said, I think they'll do fine. But I, I eventually, I do think they need to, to find a way to get these big four companies back in there. Yeah. If you're going to be the, if you're going to be a premium cigar show, you got to have these brands there. Yeah, find a way. I agree with yeah. ex- everything Coop said. I personally am excited. I've never spent more on an Airbnb than I have this year, so I'm excited about yeah. the show. I can't wait to go. <laughs> I'm. I'm pool though. I feel. I feel like they've. They're trying, and to me, that's enough. Like yeah. they're, they're trying to change things, and that's enough for me. And so I'm 100% behind uh, Scott Pierce and the boys for yep. and girls for trying um, to make things better. They're going to do a, uh, a cool um, you know, party thing, like similar to TPE, maybe. I don't know what it's going to be like, but they are trying to do stuff like that, which is exciting to me. So I'm, I'm going to give this 100% go. And but if it fails, it, this could be the end. Like if if we come out of this one, and it's a flop, and it's it's low attendance and whatnot, and 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 no, just dead. We've been saying that the last five years. No, no, this this thing. is the one, Jordan. This nope. is it. This is the nope. one. This is their this is their litmus test. This is it. This is the yeah. one. People are still gonna leave on days three and four. It's gonna yeah. look it's gonna well, look empty. Of course, it's not gonna change. I, I think that's been the same even when they were rocking though. Oh, I yeah. mean that that happened back then. Um, all right, so we're getting close to the end. It's Father's Day on Sunday, Coop. And so I want to talk a little bit about fathers and sons. And the topic is, what are your thoughts on some of the greatest father-son <laughs> athlete combinations in any sport? I mean any sport. Baseball, basketball, football, auto racing, hockey, what are what do you believe are the greatest father son combinations to hit these sports? Uh, you mentioned auto racing, and I gotta go to the answers. Uh, oh, Al interesting, Al and Al and Senior. Yeah. Hey, Coop. Just uh, I, wait before I you go, guys. Coop. Before you go, on to this topic. I when I was a kid, Al Unser Junior raced at Colorado National Speedway in a sprint car when he was just like thirteen years old. So I I followed that family from way back in the day. Uh, they're a great family, you know. Of course, uh, Al's brother uh, raced as well, um, Bobby. But yeah, I mean, I just remember that '87 race when uh, Al Senior won the fourth one, and Al Junior was on the track racing against him that day. And it was, it was, it was an, it was hard to top a father son moment uh, like that '87 um, Indy 500. Um, so I, I look at that. That's probably the best, mainly because the father and son were were competing with each other, mm. which made it really special. Yeah, I that's mean, I Ken Griffey Senior and Junior, but that's another story. Yeah, that's pretty rare when they actually compete against one yeah, another. Yeah, Aaron, what yeah. are your thoughts on uh, best father-son combinations in sports? Yeah, Coop kind of just mentioned it with the Griffies. Um, they got to play actually uh, on the same team together, so that was uh, kind that. of a right, pretty yeah. cool thing. And they uh, mm. they both homered in the same game at one point. Um, so that I think that's a pretty special moment uh, to be able to play in a game with your son on the same team, and you both can hit a home run. So 
that's pretty cool. Um, you could go with uh, the Bonds um, as well. They did, I don't, they didn't get a chance to play together, but um, did the dad take yeah, steroids? Think, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but he was uh, he took uh, other kinds of things. He did all, uh, greenies, whatever they were doing back then. I'm sure he was pumped up. Yeah. So, Jordan, how do you feel about the Mannings? You have Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. And Archie Manning was their father. Some other Manning. He, he never he never won the Super Bowl or anything, but he was a superstar in the NFL. Do you do you have any thoughts? I don't know about him. All I know is Peyton Manning. <laughs> All I know he won is a Super Bowl. Jordan, here's one you know, Jordan. Brett Hole, Bobby, Bobby Hole, and Brett Hole. Boom. Those two. That that could be the top. I mean, because they as as far as success goes, they could maybe Lee Petty and Richard Petty are close, but Bobby and Brett Hole coop. That's both at the top Gordy, of the charts. Gordy Howe oh, and Mark Howe. Yeah, that's Gordie pretty Howe good. Gordy Howe and Mark Howe played together. Well, Gordy Howe just that has a, a really ton of stats idea. because he played for six decades. <laughs> when Anybody. <a> guy was, <laughs> Mark Howe is one of my favorite players of all time, too, uh, you know, with the Flyers. So. Should uh, we mention, Coop, um, Dale Earnhardt and his son? Yeah, how about that uh, one? Uh-huh. It, should, it should be. It's, it's you know, the – I live in Charlotte right now, and they they're from Kannapolis. And yes, uh, it's a shame that we didn't, you know, that, that Dale Senior, you know, passed away. Sure, uh, big part of the community here. Yeah, yeah, you know, that was one. Um, you know, Dale Junior. I, I at the time, I, it always bothered me that he got so much attention it's because yeah. he wasn't that great. But never, but yeah. now now in retrospect. I really like him because he's well, he's a good guy. He's yeah. a good guy. He's an, like, guy, he's he's an amazing guy. ambassador for the sport. Yeah, yeah right. He is. He is. He's really a good person in the community here too. I uh, I think that he, Charlotte, so he Dale Earnhardt Jr. is one of those guys that like cemented his legacy like after like mm-hmm. because he was just such a good guy. Coop. He made some bad decisions going to teams. What happened? I think that's what hurt him more. Uh, he took some money, and it probably wasn't the best move. And the team kind of let him down, you know. But uh, there was a there was a lot of I, like I, I, yeah. with his mom. There was a lot of weird issues, like yeah, with remember, the team yeah, and whatnot. There was the, remember, guys yeah, there were definitely like some stuff had his like number tattooed on him, and then he like changed his number. You know, you mentioned the Petties. They had four generations. They had Lee, right. Richard, Kyle, and Adam. Now uh, neither Adam, Kyle. Adam yeah, neither Kyle or Adam had much success. Adam, unfortunately, was was killed at Loudon. Yeah. When he was he, a youngster. He had a lot of potential. And, Tons of potential he had. Oh, time's up on the cigar, but let's finish this topic. Um, I always really – here's a, a – tr- this is the most heartbreaking story of all time, is Adam Petty would go into his parents' room um, even when he was racing, and they would, like, you know, pray together and stuff. At the, as an adult – they loved each other so much. It was such a great family. It was so sad uh, to to have that to happen to Adam. At, 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 and and that, that, you know, uh, Kenny Irwin Jr. got killed the same way with this in the same type of in, injury, and that changed NASCAR. Like they changed um, the technology of the cars based on Adam Petty and and Kenny Irwin Jr. at Loudon, um, and so. You know, as sad as that is, there's good came out of that coupe because yeah. they did change yeah. technology in the vehicles uh, of NASCAR going forward after Adam and, and Kenny Irwin Jr. Yeah, they did. That's that's very true. That's very true. 
All right, boys, here we go. Uh, we are at the end of the first impressions. Uh, I'm going to let um, Aaron go first. Aaron, what did you think? First impressions of your Monte Cristo Espada signature. Um, I'm not all thrilled by the cigar. Um, oh, my gosh. What? Toasted cedar, <laughs> earth, uh, chalkiness. Mild black pepper. It's just too plain, um, and the chalkiness is just a, not a a great note that for me. Um, so, um, yeah, unfortunately, not not anything. I think that's all that great. What's the price um, point on that one again? Do you remember? Fifteen fifteen dollars. Okay. So, yeah. how would you if you if if guys are out there and they're considering that stick, how would you rate that? What would you tell them? I'd give it an eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty low. I actually yeah. kind of like that cigar. Mm. I, in fact, I, I told you guys. In I, fact, I loved it so I much. Smoked, <laughs> I, smoked, I recently smoked that at Corona, and I really liked it. Uh, so, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I, I gotta take Aaron's wisdom in this because he knows he know, he's got a good palate. And it's a very, very developed palate, and so I will take that. Uh, 84. Uh, Aaron says on the Monte Cristo Espada signature. Coop, what did you think of your La Gloria Cubana? Um, burns a little wonky, not terrible. Uh, it's a slow burner though. This cigar, I'll say that. Draw is great on this cigar. Flavor wise, I'm actually it's really starting to open up, and I'm digging some of the flavors. It's very well balanced. Uh, there's some earth notes. There's uh, some cedar and woody notes. There's a there's a mineral component to this cigar. That I think really is balancing out the flavor profile very nice. Uh, a little bit of uh, white pepper on this. Um, it, it's so far it's keeping me interested. Okay. Uh, where I want to smoke this down a lot more. Interesting. Uh, but but it is burning slow on me. I'm not even de- through for the first third yet of this thing. Uh, but that's okay. It's you know it's just elongating the smoke. It's not having any other negative effects. I don't think. So how would you rate it, Coop? I'm gonna give it an 88. Oh, that's pretty good. It's a it's a sol- it's a solid score. It's a solid score. Yeah, that's a solid um, score. If it continues like this, yeah, it could even maybe it goes up a point. But uh, but yeah, I'm 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 actually liking this cigar. It's it doesn't smoke. Unfortunately, it doesn't smoke anything like a Lo Gloria, but that's okay. Uh, that doesn't count in the score. All right, Jordan, we've got the uh, munchies. Munchies. Um, you ha- you you had to start a new one. <laughs> Because uh, the first one was just way too tight. Right. The draw was way too tight. First one. So give us the give us the uh, lowdown. Okay, we smell the bag. It smells like dirty diapers, right? <laughs> then, cigar. I cut it. Tightest draw I've had in years. I had to toss it. Psh. Second cigar. This one, also very firm draw. Uh, not unsmokable, but very firm. And this thing, complete, the wrapper completely unraveled on me. I don't know if you guys saw on the show, but I had to like re- rewind it and I... I Applied some saliva, and I got somehow I got this thing. It's like, it's it's held tight ever since. I got this thing going. Um, it's medium full bodied. Uh, the peanut is the driving force of the ice cream flavors, if you will. Uh, there's you can taste like some of the the cocoa and maybe like marshmallowy vanilla kind of a flavor. But those are very subdued. It's mostly like earthy and that peanut kind of a flavor. It's not it's not too like overly infused, if you will. Um, if you're a guy that doesn't like, you know, flavored cigars, you might you might like this if you find one that it, you can smoke. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will go ooh, 
78. Wow. That's a little higher than I expected. It's <laughs> a little higher than I expected on that one. All right, so uh, so I'm smoking the munchies as well. Rocky Road, uh, JSK. Thank you, Risty, for sending me these. Risty, by the way, here's the cool thing about Risty. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He just he's a chill dude. You can say anything you want to Risty. He absolutely does not care, um, which I totally respect from Risty. And he's made some great cigars. I like the uh, the uh, tyrannical Buck Connecticut was fantastic. Um, one of his best. Uh, blends, in my opinion. Uh, so Munchies, uh, Rocky Road, I get this overwhelming sour milk flavor. Mm. It, to me, it tastes like sour milk. It, you have to, you'd have to kind of like, um, imagine uh, you had chocolate milk and you and sat out a day or something like that, and you got the chocolatey kind of sweet flavor with vanilla, but also kind of a soury flavor. My cigar also came apart. Um, I don't know if you can see that or not, but my cigar came apart as well. So it doesn't get great points on construction after all. I thought it would because it really, when I lit it up and I cut it, it felt like it felt substantial, it felt substantial yeah. and it felt like it was going to do a good job. But it, it did come apart, um, and now it's it's completely unraveling. I tried to fix it while you guys were talking about Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, couldn't quite fix it. The best I can do on this cigar is a 73. Um, I'm not a big flavored cigar guy, and I don't really like sour milk flavor that much. It's not the first. I'll say this. The first half inch of the cigar was fun. It was enjoyable and fun. And after that, it was rough for me. I just I'm just trying to be as honest as I can possibly be. It was rough for me. So the best I can do on this. What did I say? 72, 73, 73, 73. 73, I was going to go 72, I'll give it 73 just because that's how it goes. But anyways, I'll give it a 73. If you like flavored cigars, give it a shot. Um, give it a try. They're cheap enough to try. Um, if I had to rank this with the Tobacco Special, the Tobacco Special blows, blow, would blow this away, Like in my opinion. It's just a, a much better flavored cigar, uh, in my opinion, uh, because I don't really like this type of flavor of the sour milk that much um but that's just me so you got to give it a try yourself see what you think and um the fun of it is is everybody's got a different palette everybody likes a different type of thing uh that's just me and so that's my thought so let's go to the leaderboard jordan uh, here we go uh coop with the camacho unleashed uh 86 but he liked the la gloria cubana just a little bit more and he gave it an 88 uh, Aaron Loomis from Developing Palettes really liked the Villiger TAA out of Lazona. Gave it an 88, which I think for Aaron is a pretty high score. Huge. Uh, wasn't super excited about the Monte Cristo Espada signature. Said it was a little bit chalky. Gave it an 84, which w I would say is uh, below average. Uh, didn't quite like it. Uh, I was sort of happy with the Punch People's Champ. Um 87 is not a super high rating or anything. It's kind of like, eh, you know, it's pretty solid, like, especially for the price. Uh, I gave the JSK Munchies a 73. Didn't quite like the um, sour milk flavor so much. Uh, Jordan wasn't super impressed with the Aladino Classic as far as putting it in line with other Aladinos. Um, that's kind of how you have to think of that rating, right, Jordan, is like yeah. uh, the 85 comparison with the Aladinos isn't super great. Uh, you'd probably put that on the lower end of the Aladino line. 
And you gave the uh, Munchies a, a fairly decent score of 78 as far as a well, a uh, uh, flavored cigar goes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't smoke too many infused cigars, so it's kind of hard to hard to judge it. But oh, so boys, uh, I'll start with Aaron. Uh, first impressions. Uh, how much stock do you put into first impressions? Um, I would say a lot. Um, many times uh, when I do reviews, I only you know I only smoke one, and uh, that's what I rate. And uh, I think of it as uh, you know I'm a consumer. Uh, if I went into a humidor and I picked up a cigar, and you know I paid ten dollars, fifteen dollars, whatever it is, and um, I didn't have a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably not going to come back to it. That humor is stocked full of other cigars that I have never smoked before. Uh, I'm going to try something else before I go back to something that I maybe didn't like. So I do put a lot of stock in the first impressions. Aaron, can you, I hate to put you on the spot, this probably isn't fair, but can you remember in your cigar smoking life uh, a first impression of any particular cigar that you were just like, holy cow, like, I think I'm really gonna like. I'll I'll just I'll start for you. Um, I remember um, smoking the. Um, I'll just I'll pick a recent one. I remember smoking the. I, I, actually, I'll pick a further one back. Uh, when I first smoked the Espinosa La Ranja, uh, we were at the Circle Bar, and I remember Eric Jr. handing me that cigar, and he was like, "You got to try this." And I remember lighting it up and just being like, "Wow!" Like. I really like this cigar, like almost instantly. Like I just mm-hmm. knew that I liked that cigar. Can you think of any in your uh, cigar smoking life that you lit up and you were like, oh man, like I, I know I'm going to like this stick. Yeah, uh, I was actually, um, I went down to uh, the Espinosa offices uh, mm-hmm. in Hialeah and uh, sat down with Hector and Eric and uh, Eric Jr. and uh, at the conference room, and uh, Hector handed me an unbanded cigar, and he said, uh, check this out. Uh, it's a Connecticut uh, shade. Um, let me know what you think. So we're sitting there smoking, talking about baseball, um, and uh, I said, Hector, did you tell me what this cigar was bef- you know, before I lit it up? Because I don't remember what it is. I, I, I need to know what this cigar is. Uh, and he said, uh, this is the uh, Protocol Themis. Mm. Uh, or it's going to be the Protocol Themis. And I was like, wow. I was like, this cigar is fantastic. I said, if, you, if, the, if what gets to the stores is like this, it's going to be fantastic. And mm. that's, that's what we got. I agree. That's one of the best Connecticut's they've done. Yeah, for sure. No yep. doubt. Uh, Coop, how important do you think first impressions are to you? It, it is very important. Um, you know, and again, much of what Aaron said, you have to make a good impression early on. Um, I mean, reviewing a cigar is a little different than smoking a cigar for pleasure, right? Because reviewing a cigar, you're going to take the cigar down to the end, right? But, you know, how, how bad is it if, if you don't have that first impression and, you know, you just sometimes don't want to go to the second, third with that cigar? And so I think, it, I think it is very important. Now, I have seen a lot of cigars that really shine in the second, third. Uh, at times, and and some, you know, not that they're bad in the first, but sometimes the second third is when, and usually when I see those, those are ones that tend to score very well with me, uh, in the end. So I'm I'm like, yeah, I think first impressions are very important. Like I can't see the two cigars I smoked tonight radically changing the score a lot. Maybe a point up, a point down at this point. 
I think it, I think it kind of you, you're going to know how this cigar is going to go. Coop, can you remember a a cigar uh, in your cigar smoking history where you lit it up and you were just like it kind of it kind of for some reason it had an X factor and like caught your attention. Um, and then you know just in general. Yeah. Um, you know, I go back dabbing up. Fear to Snake was one that really did that for me right out of the gate. How good that was. Um, I go back to the uh, the, the Aladino Corojo Reserva. Yeah. Robusto was like that for me, for sure. Um, oh, of course, the uh, Cien Años uh, Maduro was another one. La Aurora. Those, those like right out of the gate. I just like wow. I know I was smoking something special. Now, uh, Coop, I remember you, uh, the uh, Crux de Connoisseur. Um, you were super jazzed about it at the time. Was that one that caught your attention, or did you have to ease your way into that one? Actually, that one was scored twice, and it was on the second. It was on the second. Uh, I rev- I kind of did a uh, review a second time on it, uh, and it scored much higher. So uh, it kind of responded a little better to age. It wasn't that there was a lot more age on, it, but the second time through, it was a lot more enjoyable. Right. And uh, you know, I just you know sometimes the first time. I don't know. You know, it's, it, it got a 90 the first time. It got a 95 the second time. So that was one where it was, I don't know, maybe I had a particular batch with that first one. But in general, that's a great Lancero that I always go back to. Now, all of us smoke cigars all the time, and, and, and it's our job to smoke all the new stuff. And, Jordan, I want to ask you this question as we start to wind down the show. Jordan, at this point in your cigar smoking, you know, career, if you want to call it that, um, does cigars need some sort of like it factor, something to, that grabs your attention, or is it just, or are you just like uh, looking at, um, you know, all the objective stuff like construction and stuff, or do you are you looking for some sort of it factor in that cigar? Uh, well, I mean, depends. Like, if you're just casually smoking, I just kind of want it to to burn okay and to you know just not be harsh or anything like that. Uh, but review wise. Yeah, I think like there's like that that barrier when you want to get past like ninety ninety one. That's when you have to have some sort of it factor. That's something that's to set yourself apart from the rest. Uh, I don't know how else you get up into the ninety twos, ninety threes, and above, other than having some sort of unique component like that. Aaron, what what would constitute an it factor for you? It's just great flavor. Um, I, I really don't care about, I mean, I don't really care much about anything else. I mean, obviously you have to have, you know, passable. So it's not like, uh, you can go into it and say, well, I don't like uh broadleaf. So this one's probably gonna get a low score. Like it, the blend doesn't matter to me. I don't care where it came from. I don't care who blended it. I just want to smoke it, taste fantastic flavors. And they, the, those flavors have to work through the entire cigar. Like you can't just start well and finish poorly and think you're going to get a good score. It's You've got to be able to make a, a consistent blend that just is different than the majority of what's out there. Aaron, I'm, am I understanding you? Do, it almost sounds like you're saying that the narrative of the cigar doesn't matter to you. It's just the experience. The narrative yeah. going I, into I don't it doesn't make about- any difference. I don't care about the marketing. I don't care about what the bands look like. Uh, you know, I don't care how old the tobacco is. If you got some great story about it, like none of that plays into it. Like, um, I know that there's a lot of work that goes into that stuff. The people that are, you know, putting the, the cigars together, uh, 
all the time they put into it. Like, I understand that there's a lot of stuff goes into it and that's appreciated, but in the end, it's just about the flavor for me. And like, it, you know, if, if you can make a super flavorful, flavorful cigar for $5, that's fantastic. If it's $15, that's fantastic. It's, that's, that stuff just doesn't play into it. I, I just want to smoke and I want to enjoy what I'm smoking. Uh, what about you, Coop? Uh, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, the, uh, what's, the, what's the it factor for you? What, what pushes a cigar over the top from being just average to being you know, something that you want to tell your friends about and you've got to go buy this thing? Yeah, I think, uh, kind of working with Aaron over the years, he's really uh, emphasized the flavor component with me a lot more, and I've changed that. You know, with flavor, it absolutely has to have the flavor. The flavors have to be balanced, too, so I don't like one note really overpowering the rest of the cigar. I mean, if it does, it's got to be exceptional, right, to do that. So, um, you know, if, if you have that very well-balanced cigar uh, and the flavors kind of are harmonious and you could kind of swirl that smoke on your tongue and you can kind of just get different receptors, you know, that that's the key thing with me. I don't care if the cigar is blended by my friends. I don't care if uh, the cigar is blended by someone I don't like. The packaging doesn't play into that at all. And the size shouldn't certainly play into that at all either. You know, so, I mean, I'm not a Lancero fan, but I gave a Lancero number one in 2016. So, right. two cigars I gave. It. So, so it, it really, it, it is going to come down to flavor. Are you enjoying that cigar? Um, Construction is important. I mean, if I got a cigar like Jordan's, that's that's bad, you know. I mean, the one he just got, that that's very bad. You can't have that either. But you know, you can forgive a little things that could, like a, a little bit of a wonky burn from time to time, you know, where it's it's not going to kill the score, you know. So I, I think you got to go back to flavor with it. All right, last question for both of you guys. Um, are you Coop? I'll start with you. Um, are you able to separate yourself out from uh, being a cigar? media guy, cigar reviewer person, and just go into your backyard and just still enjoy a cigar the way you did, you know, 10 years ago when you were just kind of getting into the industry? Or have, is it now just, you know, like, are you now like sort of locked into this cage of, of thinking about the construction, thinking about this, thinking about who made, you know, the flavor? Like, do you still enjoy... Uh, Smoking cigars, um, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but do you just still enjoy, can you still enjoy just smoking a cigar without the thought of what you do for a living? Yeah, but it's few and far between. Uh, you know, I, know, I know this Sunday I'll do that, right? I'll just kind of chill back with some cigar. I do that on holidays. But it's, it's very rare now I get that opportunity to do that <laughs> these days. Um, it's just not, it's just unfortunately... With the amount of cigars I'm reviewing, it doesn't. It's it's. But if I didn't enjoy reviewing the cigars, I wouldn't do it. Right. So it's not like I hate. It's not like drudgery. But I know what you're saying. <coughs> it's that time by yourself. I just don't get many of those. I mean, maybe I get ten to twelve days like that a year now. Right. If I'm lucky. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? You still? Uh, you've been doing this as long as I've been doing it. Um, do you still get uh, Do you still get just as excited sometimes to just kick back and just have a cigar and not have to think about, you know, how you're going to rate it and how you're going to review it and talking to guys and who made it and da 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 and blah blah blah? Do you still Do you still enjoy the cigar lifestyle? Yeah, um, I mean, the majority of what I smoke is for review, so that's kind of the day to day. But um, there's a group of guys locally here that we try to get together like once a month. 
uh, just in an afternoon um, that we just kind of sit around and BS and drink and smoke. And like, that's the time where I'm kind of sitting down with him and we're not really talking about the cigars. We're talking about life or whatever's going on. And that's, that's my time to kind of just hang out, smoke cigars, uh, have, have a nice drink with it and kind of just, you know, in, step away from that side of things and just enjoy the cigar and, and you know, the time with other people. Right. Yeah, Aaron, that was great when I was in California and did that with you guys. That was one yeah. of the, that was one of those days. I, I could totally agree on that. Yeah. All right, Aaron, uh, tell everybody that's uh, watching and listening how they can uh, follow you and what you guys are doing. Uh, if you have anything coming up, let us know. Uh, give us the uh, full rundown, developing palettes. What's 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 going on? Yeah, so uh, developingpalettes.com is the website. Uh, get all our reviews from there. Uh, you can also catch them all on podcasts you know, through all your favorite podcast catchers. Uh, we're still on YouTube. Uh, nothing's been taken down, so you can still catch us there for the time being. Um, so, yeah, those are the, those are the areas. And uh, we'll be doing a, probably a fun uh, get-together uh, PCA recap uh, after the trade show in uh, July. So uh, we'll definitely uh, have a fun time. All right. Excellent. Uh, what about you, Coop? How can uh, folks follow and catch up with uh, you and your uh, many appearances during the week? Uh, the easiest thing is go to cigar-coop.com. Uh, you'll have access to the news, the reviews, the podcasts there as well. So, um, you know, and our podcasts are, again, we're not taking down YouTube yet. Um, but we are, we've moved over to Odyssey, and I just started doing Rumble with it as well. So there's backups there that you can certainly get. And our shows are still on YouTube as well. Uh, we'll be in PCA mode probably for the next six weeks. So that's going to be everything before the show, during the show, and after the show. Uh, uh, happening on there, so you want to stay tuned with that. You, you'll just have more than you can handle with PCA. With <laughs> awesome. That sounds great, Coop. Uh, I want to thank uh, both uh, Coop and Aaron so much for joining us on Friday night. Guys, Wednesday night, Flavor Odyssey returns. We're doing a Dirty Dr. Pepper, Jordan. Oh. A Dirty Dr. Pepper is Amaretto, Fireball, and Coca-Cola. I don't know about the Fireball part, but I'll Maybe so I'll just go easy on that. What pairs best with a dirty Dr. Pepper? Uh, Robbie Raz and uh, Randy Griggs are going to help us figure that out on Wednesday. So that should be a blast. A week from tonight, Terrence Riley, he's going to be here in studio. He'll be our first in-studio guest since the new studio has been... This is uh, the greatest night of our life. There life. he is right there. Uh, Terrence Riley will be in studio. And maybe later that night, uh, Eric... Bay from Black Starline might show up in studio also. We, we might have two guys in studio that night. So it's going to be a blast. Um, a week from tonight, I can't wait to get those guys in studio. We'll, we'll talk to Terrence all about Agonorsa and what's coming up in the next year or so. Obviously, Terrence is a hilarious guest, so that'll be a ton of fun. Jordan, Avs tomorrow night. Yes. Do you think we can win two in a row? I think so. We gotta win these two home we games. This. We gotta win these two home games. So, folks, get on the dojoverse.com tonight. Check into the cigars that you're smoking. Share the drinks that you're drinking. Do some hashtag now playing. But don't forget, get this bad boy from Neptune. Upside down. Upside down. <laughs> get this bad boy from Neptune before they're gone. Because you can't get these cigars any other way. This is an exclusive Neptune release. It is the Espinosa Habano and the Sensei's sensational sarsaparilla in 6x48 Rabito format. So snag one while you can before they're gone. You're going to 
come for the come for the uh, the uh, case, but stay for the cigars is the way I say it, Jordan. Until next week, remember never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. So 1935 Nicaragua was one of the most highly rated cigars of the year. Expertly crafted by legendary blenders Rafael Nadal and A.J. Fernandez, this cigar was blended to celebrate the 85th anniversary of the Monte Cristo line. It is hand-rolled using all-age Nicaraguan tobaccos exclusively from A.J.'s farm. This bold cigar is bursting with rich notes of chocolate, leather, a dash of spice, and a smooth, creamy finish. Enjoy one of the finest cigars of the year right now at JRCigars.com.